footy and frothies. Barney and Daggy with you again. We've got to get stuck into round 12. We've got Origin on the horizon. There's plenty going on, David. It's a nice hat you're wearing. Uh, what's happening in that brain underneath? <laughs> Thank you, mate. Hello, all the peoples out there. Uh, I can feel it in the air. The energy running through Adrian is <laughs> fired up. It should be good. Did you manage to get hold of our mate Guns? No, I, I'll be honest. I forgot. Ah, typical Tiger supporter. Doesn't want to share share in the glory with his I'll tell you that we've got our supporters. Uh, sorry, Ovies. Uh, I love you, mate. So we will um we Ovies, come on next week we'll, come on next week when we make it uh four from five for last month. So Ovies, uh we'll get you on soon. There's a few we've got a backlog now we've got to catch up with uh good friends of the show, Trent. We've got um Damo gagging at the bit, Dana and Josiah dropped us a line. Shout out to him. So we'll, we'll see what uh, what the next few weeks. We'll try and get a guest rolling in and out for the next few weeks anyway. I was trying to get the fight out of you, mate. Well played. Professional cover there. Smother. Like it. <laughs> mate, when you've been a bum for a long time, it's easy to get away with it. Don't worry. Uh, very good. Uh, yeah. Good week, though. Very good week. It was. Enjoyable Sunday and Saturday afternoon. Both our, We got to watch both our teams win. I got to swear at some jockeys and, uh, yeah, life was good. <laughs> Couple of comfortable wins, one a little bit more comfortable than the other. Yeah, but uh, but fairly easy watching in both parts. But anyway, we'll get to all of that. We've got uh, yeah, anything you want to talk about? Footy was a little more one sided this week. I think um, wasn't as many sort of down to the last minute games. No, interesting to see. Uh, a few changes and injuries really starting to take a toll at this time of the year now with Origin selections. So big, big four or six weeks I think for the competition over the next. Next month, month and a half, it's going to be interesting to see what plays out. It is interesting. Uh, when we review, I might pull up a, a couple of draws for some of those teams in questions because feasibly you could you could make a case Brisbane might not win a game for six weeks. You make a case uh, Penrith might struggle. It depends how they want to uh, rotate their six players. We saw last... The whole, couple, the whole bottom four had a win last week. So. Well, that's right. Uh, and a couple, like especially the Tigers uh, and... Um, Para, Canberra, they all of a sudden have quite cosy-looking draws or, uh, if the uh, appropriate plays aren't there. So we'll touch on all of that. Uh, the big, biggest news is that the Origin teams have come out. Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, it's an excuse for having to win your banner, but I don't think there's a too many shocks. Uh, it was pretty much most of what we expected. Uh, Tavita Pengai Jr., perhaps the biggest shock. I uh, did have a quite a good game uh, in hindsight on Sunday Arvo. Uh, Hudson Young, Tyson Frizzell, both in the frame. It's uh, Young's debut, and Nico uh, comes onto the uh, onto the bench. Interesting how we we um, see how that's going to play out. What he, involvement he may or may not have. Queensland, pretty much was uh, what you'd expect. Uh, Hammer comes in for Gay Guy. Reese Walsh gets the nod in the fullback spot, and uh, Murray Torlangi on the wing. As we suggested, uh, we didn't think Coates's form probably warranted being retained. Flegler is the new front row partner of Lindsay Collins. No mo, uh, but Ruben caught it on the bench with Tino. So, look, any shocks for you, Barn? Any, any? We're going to get stuck into Sunday night. We're going to do a proper Origin preview. But anything just quickly that caught your eye or, or your initial thoughts on any of this? Or yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, well, I think Mo was pretty tough to miss out. To be honest, um, he's fantastic he's been, again on the weekend as well. He's an absolute wrecking ball for the last four weeks, ball in hand, and. Um, yeah, he's uh, obviously there. You've got Flegler, who's played in the, in that position before, and a couple of others that seem to um, just squeeze in behind him. But you know, he's in 
he's in the periphery. So if anything happens, he'd probably be the first man in, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, let's be frank, Davida Pengai Jr. is definitely the biggest shock out of the whole whole situation. I didn't even see him as a borderline front rower at the moment. To be honest, um, his form hasn't, I don't think, really warranted a position in the in the um, New South Wales team. But as um, as both Brandy and Freddie have said, he's an X-Factor player. He's there for his size and aggression. And um, the thing for me is, obviously, yeah, there's going to be a 10-minute period of the game where you're going to need that size and aggression and really get him in, in there. But... How how well does he control himself in that other ten or fifteen minutes? Well, he might only play fifteen. <clears throat> just think, like he might only play fifteen minutes. I dare say he'd only be somewhere between fifteen and thirty minutes mm. at the most. Um, but there's going to be a ten or fifteen minute period where they are going to come at him. They are going to target him. They probably try to rile him up, and get a penalty out of him. Um, they'll, they'll be making him work double time in defence, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think there may be that may lead to a little bit of frailty there, and maybe a penalty and. A, maybe even a try put on him at one point in the game. But if he can get out there and rattle a few cages and um, have, have, have a couple of those forwards on the backboard in that first 10 or 15 minutes he's out there, it could be a master stroke. Well, it's it's not like they're a, a an ultra-aggressive Queensland pack. Uh, Collins and Fleglu have a go, but it's not like there's uh, Kafusi, Talis, the likes of them. Um, yeah, someone like Arrow that. doesn't there. mind a scrap. Arrow, yeah. But, so interesting to see how that pans out. Um, I suppose if Clemmer hadn't have, um, I think a couple of years ago he lost his shit at Freddie over something. So if he hadn't have been blacklisted, I assume he would have been around the conversation. Is the only one I could think of really not in that list. Uh, Stefano Crichton, the extended bench. Now Campbell Graham was 18th man. Apparently wasn't up, fitness wasn't up to completing a full camp. Uh, has been named for the Rabbitohs this week though. So. Um, a little bit like a bit of a con job, I think. <laughs> get him well, out of the squad, to get him back home. I think it's a, I think it's a little bit of that, really. Same as for the same reason, um, Blake Braley's come in as cover. It's just, I guess, to shadow round and let Cook yeah. and uh, Graham both get a full game in and not be sitting around. If Souths weren't, weren't playing this weekend, I pretty much guarantee you that he'd still be in the, in the eighteen jumper. Yeah, I think so too. The fact that they are, I think, gone out of their way to. Let him go back and play his game and bring Braley in. Obviously not needed this weekend with the Sharks not playing. It's um, pretty simple, really. And <laughs> It's just a little bit of a nod to the club teams, I guess. Um, yeah, Nico is an interesting one, how they're going to play him. I think they may end up using him in a, as a, a roving six slash um, 13 at some point in the game if they are chasing points or even if they're, if they're well on the front foot, get him in there, give, Ro, uh, give Yo a 10 or 15 minute break and just let him play on both sides of the field, trying to link up with Dewey and um, and Cleary there, add, add an extra ball player in, in and around the, the edges, um, th- more so than in the middle. And then you have your likes of Murray and Martin sort of fold back into the middle in defence and, and cover that, that yeah. area there. I, I, I don't think it's going to be anything too crazy. I think he's largely there as cover. I, I, I can see it being like... He may even play a bit of a hooker. Well, uh, you remember through sort of... The th- the mid two thousands, probably early to mid two thousands, you'd have your players like your that always have a backup half or a backup fullback on the bench, and they just played, come mm-hmm. on and played dummy half. They just you know yeah. hit up through the middle, shovel the ball, shovel along. the ball along, and and maybe take up, try and beat someone with a bit of footwork. Uh, I don't know if he'll necessarily do that, or whether he'll come on and they'll just put say to Tommy, mate, go do your best, sniff around for 
It was a bit of talk minutes. that Luai may end up at... Luai's probably got the best footwork for that. I don't know. An acceleration as well. Yeah. So, so we'll see. Interesting to see how it pans out. We, he may do none of that. He might just sit on <laughs> the bench. Absolutely. He might sit down on the bench for the entirety of the game. The other thing that stood out to me, I guess, I and I, you know, you, you go in thinking Queensland love being underdogs when they probably should almost be favourites, but... When you do see Val Holmes and Hammer in the centres uh, and who they're up against, it, it, I, I have concerns about Hammer defending in the front in the, you know, in the front line a couple of pairs when you got uh, Latrell running straight at you for eighty minutes. Yes. That would be concerning to me. Uh, I'm not saying Gay Guy's better or worse. So. Well, Gay Guy got absolutely schooled on the weekend by Connor Tracy. He turned him inside and out that many times. He didn't know what way he was going. Or did you, and um, so did Val. Holmes, I was going to say, did you watch Val? <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> got a bit of the same, and his defence has been um, a bit frail this year, mm. really. Um, there's been seems like every second or third game, someone really gives him a bit of a touch up in defence. So, um, so extremely talented ball in hand, but yeah, obviously going to be target areas. Yeah, I um, I, I can see this being the usual forward battle, and then um, early spreads, early spreads left yeah. and right, and just trying to isolate them. We saw, you know, two years back when they blew them away. When they had both Latrell and Tommy fit, there was all those long range tries just busting over people, and Teddy's you know straight on the on the back of them, waiting for a bit of space. So, and with Fox there as well, you're going to see you know there's plenty of pace and support. So, I can see that being the key. But we'll get into all of the extended preview next oh, come Sunday night. Congratulations, Reese Walsh. I think well deserved. Um, yes, you know, makes sense when Ponga's got his his concerns again. Uh, they really don't need him playing the ball. You know. All, every which way, but but back uh, having copped a head knock in Origin, so uh, no issues at all for East Walsh. You should see what he brings to the table in that arena. Yeah, well, it's going to be a similar um, tactic with Walsh, I would imagine. You can, I can see a hell of a lot of uh, high hanging bombs just sitting up in the wind, waiting with Reese Walsh waiting underneath and getting absolutely belted when the ball hits him on the chest. Um, with the likes of Latrell, Tommy, and a couple of your back rowers really lining him up to give him a bit of a rough start with this match. So. It hasn't happened so much at Brisbane this year, but remember at the Warriors, he used to cop an absolute flogging under Easily, the high yeah. ball. He used to get, <laughs> he got belted back there. Anyway, he, he, he cops it, he stands up, and um, Billy, does, yeah. Billy said uh, the other key factor was the chat he brings at the back of the field, which uh can understand. So more power to may it. even get in and around a couple of those... Um, Efforts to try and line him up as well, which Absolutely. could cause problems. Definitely. Uh, as I said, full preview to come on the weekend. Uh, injury news. Got a few this week. The cheese is out seven to eight weeks with a broken hand. Uh, I believe requiring some surgery there, so that's not ideal for the roosters or what's left of the roosters' season. <laughs> uh, Jake Turbo, six weeks, has to have surgery on his leg as well, I believe. So it doesn't look good. Uh, the monitoring Campbell Graham Ryan Madison uh, being confirmed today four weeks, uh, so that's not ideal for Parramatta. And Elliot Whitehead six weeks with uh, another leg injury as well. Uh, took a two, he had a two week ban as well on top of that, but he took that. Yeah, his best game in a long time. It was very good. Whitehead on the weekend. Uh, you know, he's the only one probably. Anyway, Sura and Egan <laughs> are both out this week with uh, or being monitored for head knocks. And player transfer news, two big mid-season transfers. Joe Fengawe has officially gone to Parra. He'll start at prop this week. Good pickup for them. Uh, has been in very, very good form for the last 18 months. Uh, took a while to get going this year, but 
Uh, good pickup for Para. They can use his experience. And uh, I believe, yeah, basically Tigers are off trying to offload 600K when they've got a fair swathe of um, decent forwards on the way through. So uh, I hope they use that cash to shore up your junior Tupos and Matamuas and Poles and not have them all poached in the next uh, couple of years. <laughs> and Jake Arthur, I suggested perhaps uh, last week, perhaps the swap deal might have been the way to go, but he's gone to Manly instead uh, to get away from Brad for three years uh, on the bench this year. But I, I can't imagine he will be going there not to play first grade in the next month. I think it's a good enough pickup. I think it's a good career move for everyone involved. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. Um, can only imagine what it's been like for the, that poor young kid the last 12, 18 months. The amount of hate you see and rubbish that that poor bloke's cop being at Parramatta with his old man as a coach. Um, he's generally been, you know, without being a standout in the first grade arena, he's been close enough to, you know, a decent fit in the first grade jumper. I can't recall him having some, a bad game. You know, I'm not... Yeah. Absolutely. Not declaring him a world beater just yet, but um and the okay kicking game, his defence isn't the best, but um name me more than a couple of halves that do have a good defence yeah. realistically. And um yeah, just the, every game he played, you just see it all over social media. <laughs> I hope he doesn't read it, poor fellow. Uh, I think he yeah, I don't I think he's got off it well and truly, but yeah, apparently mm. as we suggested a couple of weeks ago, he copped a goldfall from power fans after the <laughs> game as well. So Hopefully a fresh start is the best thing for him. You watch the same para fans in two years' time when he's a star. Want him back. <laughs> calling him a, what, all names under the sun forever leaving. But anyway, they, they do awesome. support Parramatta. Um, yeah, any other news? That's it. Uh, I know. Well, cool. Let's get into our review. We kicked off a, an entertaining high-scoring round of rugby league uh, with an entertaining, not so high scoring game of rugby league on Thursday night, 15 to 4. Penrith defeated Brisbane. You got some stats for us, Barn? Yeah, mate. We had one try for Brisbane, two for Penrith. Uh, a misconversion for the Broncos, two out of two for Penrith, and one out of one penalty attempts, and one out of one field goal attempts for the Panthers. 78% completion played, 84% Penrith, 738 running meters and 175 plus post contact meters for Penrith. One line break to six, four tackle, 41 tackle bust to 48, 13 offloads to 14. One force dropout for Penrith, 435 tackles played 336, 10 errors to nine, seven penalties conceded to five, one ruck infringement to three. Supercoach points Cleary with 125, Carrigan with 102, Dylan Edwards with 80. Um, uh Again, another Brisbane game that's, and Penrith game that started out with um, some hard-hitting action to kick us off. Uh, what did you make of the game in overall, though? Oh, it, was a, it was just really a... I thought it was a pretty professional clinical performance from Penrith, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. They just spent most of the, nine, most of the night camped in Brisbane's half and basically went back to that death by a thousand cuts. Scoreline probably should have been 38-12 to 12 or 38-18 or something, realistically, at the end of the game with all the... The denied tries and a couple of bomb tries. Um, didn't, the, the state of the field really didn't help uh, these two teams get into any real flow with everyone sort of skating around and sliding over all over the place. Um, but yeah, Penrith just did, couldn't really... Um, I think they probably should have won by more. Um, they were well on top, as I said, field position and uh, just constantly threatening Brisbane's defensive line. Uh, Brisbane did defend extremely well to keep them 
sort of close enough for long enough. But yeah, there was a, a few try, few times there. I think they let points sort of slip on off their own bat, not just um, the referees in the field <laughs> taking them away from them. Um, Brisbane. Just on that, uh, I saw coming. some um, some complaints about the the bunker and the refereeing. Did you have an issue with uh, any of the decisions? Um, ultimately, they got the Reese Walsh one right. Um, they looked like they were going to give the try <laughs> until the ref got in there. Um, never seen that before. I don't think anybody ever has. I don't think the ref on, on fields turned around and gone, "No, nah, man, I think you're wrong." No, <laughs> no. <laughs> hold on, don't don't fucking say try. But um, that was a little interesting. Uh, I thought the Taruba one was probably a double movement. I didn't think that was a try. It's funny. I um, It's another one you could have taken away from Bennett. I Live, I didn't have a problem with it. And then just watching back again today, I th- the more I looked at it, the more I, I thought there was forward, a forward propulsion of the arm. So well, The arm hits the ground, and at that point you can't, you can't promote it forward. No, and I, I think he does lift his arm. Even though he was still sliding. He probably, to be honest, he probably goes close to sliding at least to the line anyway. If he doesn't, if he holds it in position, Um, the rest I didn't have a problem with. The um, I think most of the rest, uh, I thought the knock on was a knock on. I thought, um, yeah, as you said, I thought the other one was was fair enough. Uh, Not a bunker Mm -hmm. decision, but I I thought the Reese Walsh strip um, and his logic behind it was fair enough. Uh, Where he stripped the ball over the line from Yo and was declared uh, not in the act of scoring, as he said, if he wasn't there, he's in the act of scoring. So. Um, and that's probably a can of worms, but I thought that you know could have been play on. But but well, anyway. if you're in the end goal, you, you're in the act of scoring. Act of, you're not not trying to not score, are you? That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> as soon as you get over that line, you're trying to put the ball down for a try. Exactly. But um, um but uh, to your point though, and I'll let you get back to where you were. Um, no, you're right. They they were largely against Penrith, so yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, could have. Could have been a much different score, um, especially if it was played in the day. I think the game would have panned out a lot differently. Brisbane were really stubborn in what they put up. They they could have folded and just given up. Um, this time, two years ago, they would have, and they, they would have got absolutely tumbled. But um, they keep fighting, uh, even with, with Reynolds out, which is obviously one of their massive key playmakers in the game. Reese Walsh was good at times. He has, he's got a few errors in him, but... I really like the tenacity out of the bloke where he just continues to come. You know, he makes a mistake, doesn't matter. Next set, he's trying it again. <laughs> that's that's his job in the team. Obviously. I was going to make the same point in that, um, and it's, this is now two two weeks in a row, possibly even three, where he's tried everything under the sun mm-hmm. uh, and all but pulled it off. So last yep. week he had, uh, you know, there was a strip and there uh, it was a couple last of moments. And 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 yeah, and this week was the same. I mean, he had the try assist, but he also... Um, Nelly, you know, Nelly uh, had two or three other things come off, and the point I was going to make is there's going to come a week where everything's going to come off, and he's going to look like God's gift to rugby league for a week. Like it, it some eventually when he keep trying, uh, and I can't see that Kevy's going to try and oh, yeah. get any of it. You saw it at the he's start gonna, of the year. There was a couple of games there where he just looked like the best player in yeah, the NRL. It, this when stuff's going to when it all sort of gel. It, it, it's going to gel for him, and he'll put forty points on a team himself, like being involved with all of it at some it point. Himself. Yeah. So. <laughs> Definitely, Absolutely. Um, thought he was brilliant um, again. I thought Penrith's um, two big front rowers probably did less work than they have for the majority of the season, to be honest. Um, the back rowers and the, the, the outside backs really took it on their own to take it up to these middle forwards. Um, they did really well in defence to contain Hass. Uh, he basically went nowhere with the ball the majority of the night, but that did open up a bit of, t- a bit of time and space for Carrigan. 
had an absolute ripper of a game, probably close to the best performance of the weekend, realistically. He was enormous in this game. 60-odd tackles for a miss. Six, somewhere um, between 67 and 69, depending where you look at. Up near 200 metres, yep. uh, offloads, tackle bus, all the rest of it that goes along with it. I, I it thought was he was fantastic. Yeah, I thought he was enormous. Absolutely. I awesome. think it was planned a little bit too, to be honest. I think um, they knew that they'd be coming at Leota and Harris to try and really knock them over with their first few runs. So I think they just sort of let them sit back a little bit and wait and find their times to inject themselves rather than just constantly being the battering ram through the middle of the field. Worked quite well, really. Um, uh, Marty Tapao, I thought, was decent off the bench uh, again, which is, seems to be doing something pretty good there for them. Um, and Hetherington had one of his better games of the mm. year. But Penrith just really targeted the edges of um, the, the Brisbane defence. They just continually ran at the at the halves and at the, at the centres and the back rowers. And they had to scramble all night. Well, Scott Sorensen's now having almost a month of his life. Again, he was yeah. it's his footwork at near the line is um, he's almost their point of attack now. Yeah, absolutely. He's definitely one of their um, their major points. And on the other side, they um, they switch it up between Hosking and um, the Critter, and they're, they're causing heaps of problems out there as well. Clear, he was running the show again as he does. His ball playing was fantastic. I thought some of the, the changes of angles and the short balls were really good to put blokes into better positions than what they were before he threw the ball to them. And he's kicking just pretty much every week, close to the best. I still game feel like he's. Um, I don't think it's as good as. Still, don't think it was as good as last year. It was good in this game, but no, I don't no. think it was as good as yeah, last year. This is one of his better ones. And he, um, but he, I, I, I'm starting to feel it's obviously a conscious thing because he gets caught on the fifth with the ball mm-hmm. more this year than I've ever seen him. And this game, I reckon there was at least three or four times where he was caught on the last. And um, I feel, but you know. A lot of teams do the same, so maybe it's a conscious thing that if they're not in position, they're happy just to just pin them and start again. Yeah. But well, I think he did it, run I just a think lot it's, more I feel like it's natural. He did, yeah. I think he went out of his way to sort of put him in two minds and sort of challenge the defence a lot, um, which you don't see out of him. A lot of the time he's quite happy to sit and play out the back, but he's also got that part of his game to him with a, with a really good running game for a half. Um, who else did I have here? I thought Madden had a decent game, considering mm. he doesn't get a lot of time in first grade. Uh, he went all right for him. Probably was was decent as well. Um, I thought Herbie was close to their best player, minus Carrigan out of it. Him again, up, up around 200 metres again. He looks like he troubles the defence most of the time if they give him a bit of give him that bit of space rather than sort of rushing him. Um, if he gets a little bit of time to wind up and really get into that defensive line, he causes problems. Fair bit when he's got the ball, and I already mentioned Carrigan close to man of the match. If not, I probably should have been man of the match. Um, but I think everyone gave it clear in the end, didn't they? And had him on the the next the next line. But um, most dependent for were at least decent. Like I don't think there was a, a soft performance out there at all. Uh, really good team effort. Taruva was Taruva and Toto were really good. Uh, Luai and Sorensen causing heaps of problems again. They're starting to really a nice combination, those two. Yeah. On that left edge, um, Hoskins is a little bit better than he has been in the previous few weeks. Uh, it'd be interesting to get a bit more time over Origin by the looks of it. So we should see how he goes in the next few weeks. Edwards was fantastic again. He's just, he's, I don't, you never see him in the wrong position. No. Whether it's attack, defense, he's just always there following the ball in attack. Pops up where like sometimes you won't even see him on the screen and you just appear and run through a gap and you know where the hell did he come from? 
But um, he was fantastic again. Yo was good as well. Um, his ball playing's probably a little bit down on what it has been previous years, but he's still effective. And um, yeah, Cleary was, was probably Penrith's best player on the field at all. The only one, the only one he ever mentioned is Yo, who did his usual amount of work. So uh, yeah, so it, it, I mentioned his ball playing's probably not as effective this year. Oh, but, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his defence is always amazing. One of those blokes who doesn't miss many. I'm just quickly looking at the. Well, Penrith now have found them, found their stride, I think, and now you can treat mm. them as, I think, probably comp- competition favourites again. Uh, I just, just looking at their, and this is more from a probably a super coach lens, really. And I think they're going to have the bye this week. They've got the Dragons on the backup on the Sunday from Origin. Then they've got the Roosters, Cowboys, Knights um, next three weeks after that. I can see them keeping their halves in cotton wool for a lot of that. Um, any Wouldn't thoughts? Me. And then no, Melbourne. Absolutely. Then Melbourne, yeah, if there's, which will be James, you're going to rest in Florida to beat the Cowboys and the Dragons. <laughs> yeah, and then Melbourne off the, off the origin. Melbourne pre-origin. So interesting, interesting uh, month. But they, I can see them either. You know, they went and got Jack Cogger for a reason. I can see them, um, maybe doing some. Yeah, why risk him coming off a game? Yeah, know, three days prior. Uh, why risk the likes of Luai and? Cleary, new yos and such. So, so yeah. I can't see um, the Origin Games being a walk in the park for anyone. No, so. definitely. So interesting who they back up, but um, given they've got dra- Dragons, Roosters, Cowboys, they probably couldn't have found three better teams to cop in the next month. So good for them. Uh, Brisbane, on the, by the same token, have um, where are we here? Pretty rough draw off the top of my head. They're going to have uh, what have they got? They've got uh, the Sharks next week on the Saturday, then the Knights, the Titans, the Dolphins, the Bulldogs, and the Bunnies. So interesting month ahead for them. With uh, they'll have Reynolds, I suppose, but they'll be missing their outside backs, which does not help. And obviously, their two best forwards. So. That's going to deal up some interesting stuff for the next few weeks. They could find themselves on the slide. You imagine a few blokes would be a bit low on the gas tank as well, coming in in and out of Origins. Well, we've seen uh, in the past, uh, has just back up and keep doing it, but I imagine... Yeah, but he's just back on cyborg. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's unbelievable. He's different, but different. Uh, we'll, we'll see who out of those outside backs uh, does the job. We'll see what Tristan Saylor brings to the table this week as well. Anyway, I'm, I'm giving three points to Carrigan here. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I thought he was the best player on the field. Uh, sounds like you're going to go with Cleary next, which I'm okay yep. with. Yeah, and, absolutely. And then uh, I had um, Joe or Edwards for the one. So did I. So which way do you want to go? Give it to Edwards, actually. Yeah. Tricky for yeah. Broadio. We do um, actually. Mm, I was going to say Joe. Give but... it to Joe. We do, uh, we do some, we do great on a curve with these players, and um, I think by his standards, he'll still good. All right, Friday night kicked off with twenty four twenty two. The Dragons at the last breath, defeating the Roosters. I saw this proclaimed by Triple M and some others as the game of the year. I can confirm it wasn't. Uh, I'm more happy to accept <laughs> it was the finish of the year, but the game itself. Uh, as one Avos might describe it, for the large part, was a bludger. But what do you take? What do you uh, think of the stats in the game? 
In four tries apiece, three out of four conversions from both teams, one out of one penalty attempts for St George. 76% completion played 70% for the Roosters, six line breaks to four, 28 tackle busts to 27, nine offloads to six, one forced dropout from both teams, 321 tackles played 348, 10 errors to 12, five penalties conceded to six. Just those two stats there alone tell you that it was not the game of the year. No. Um, two Rock and Bridgemans to one, Teddy with 118 supercoach points, Kiri with 87, and Ben Hunt with 84. Um, neither, see, neither side seemed to be able to make a dent anywhere um, for the first 10 minutes or so in this game. Like they just sort of, the ball was just going from one side of the field to the other, and they go through their set of six and kick it down the other end. Um, there wasn't a lot happening first 10 minutes or so, and then um, until Sully's. An intercept or uh, kick picked up a loose kick, ball. Uh, it was a chip across field, and he caught it, and off he went. Ran, ran, ran a good part of the field to run away and score. Um, the, the Roosters again, like I, I mentioned last week, they run around like chickens with their head cut off. And I was sitting there, and the daughter was playing with the balloon and let it go, and it just started floating around the room like. And all the air blowing out of it. That's what the roosters looked like again. They had no idea of what was happening, where they were going. They were just getting pushed around the field and hoping for the best. It ended up flat on the floor with the air coming out of them. <laughs> it's now, um, I said last year, the form becomes a form. I'm now treating the roosters as a bottom four side. Till I see otherwise. And especially next six weeks, because Teddy's going to be in origin camp. So there's their hope. There's the hope of the side gone. Um, no cheese, which might not be a bad thing for them, but they just, I, I, I can see a large chunk of these players, not a large chunk, five or six of these players not being at the club next year. They'll try, they don't mess around. They'll try and clean out. They'll, they'll want answers quick and they will move people on. Uh, we, we've Victor Radley's, Victor Radley's a, um, a liability now. Like, you, you just can't call him in a team. Another dumb shit thing he did on the weekend. Uh, his 13 ball playing has been below probably the standard of the comp, to be honest, for the last six weeks anyway. Uh, now you're expected to be at a level, uh, and he's far from that. And I thought he was absolutely put to shame when Nathan Brown came on. Uh, Nathan, he was actually the catalyst for getting the Roosters back into the game. He, started, he just got them straightened up, picked the right ball, threw some, some had some nice touches as well. <laughs> I thought he was... Um, more than cemented his spot coming into this week uh, and probably should keep that lock spot. He looked a, a class above what Radley was putting out without being sin-binned, which he should have been, if not sent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but beyond that, I... How did get away with that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't give you an answer. Um, but beyond that, there, um, what we th- what I thought, where I thought Paulo was going, he's reverted to the worst of what he produced at Souths. Poor old Billy Smith, you know. Mm, don't know. Um... I don't think there's a player in a comp that can look as big or as small, depending on how well he's going. He seems to <laughs> shrink back into his shell and look tiny at times. And when he's when he's playing well, which he has at times this year, he, he looks like a, a back rower. Uh, and their forwards are lost. Like um, Crichton, I, I think he had about half out and too much. And um, I can't tell you too many that did. Like, I don't know what to make. It, it, it's mm. lucky they had, if and obviously because the scoreboard says that, but if Kieran and Teddy aren't in this team, they don't score points anyway. Um, 
Teddy. Yeah, that's right. Teddy, Teddy was involved in every trial, wasn't he? Yeah, and Kiri was all the other. It was a Kiri show and go. Teddy bust, a Teddy steal, and a Kiri um, and another bust for Teddy. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Concerns, concerns, concerns. There. Anyway, where are we off to with your? Some of the time? worst defence I've seen in living memory from the Roosters. They've always been one of the tougher defending sides in competition, and they were pretty much exactly like the Dragons were the week before. They were not interested in using their shoulder, grabbing jerseys, blokes blowing past them without a finger laid on them. And it was it was quite shocking considering the Dragons aren't one of the best attacking teams. <laughs> They've been no. close to the worst at times. Oh, and their, their attack wasn't um, they good were here. A bit better in this but game. I was going to make the point: their attack wasn't good here. You, like the four yeah, tries, there's a hundred meter. Than it, has been, it was a bit better, but there was a hunt individual try. There was the sorely yeah. length of the field, and there was you know the end of recess kick and hope play, um, last try wins play. And, and yeah, apart from that, absolutely. can you tell me what the rest of their attack was? Yeah, no, it was um, give it to sorely and hope he breaks a tackle. Yeah, at that time, hope he catches it. Lomax breaks looked much more comfortable back out on his um, yeah. his normal side. Uh, that was definitely a change that worked for them. Ben Hunt at seven, obviously, out this week, which will be interesting to see how they line up there. But um, they were lucky to get away with the win, considering what they were behind with 15 seconds to go. The ball was going all over the field. They didn't really know what was happening. And then a gap just appeared, and the, the kick that put, it was a good kick, went into the right position. And you know, the guy came flying through, and it was a nice try in the end, but definitely wasn't set up. <laughs> it was no. just more of a, a hit and hope and throw it around and see what we can do. Yeah, it was one of their better efforts in defence and attack, really. But going off what they've produced, it wasn't a high-class effort at all. Um, and, yeah, I think you covered it quite well on how bad that the Roosters have been recently. I thought um, Little and Laurie were okay in the middle for the Dragons. Uh, Sewer, Jack DeBellin were very strong. Jack DeBellin's probably had his best three weeks or so yeah. um, for years, obviously. We, we all know what happened there. <laughs> he didn't play for a few years, but... Um, a very strong uh, Hunt was their man again, obviously. One that did everything. I thought Bradley, while he was, as you said, a liability at times, did more work than most of the rest of them. Yeah, <laughs> Even yeah. though and it look, wasn't he, quality work. But His defensive output's always good. Like, the amount of work he gets through is good. Like, you can't, you can never knock that. Um, Butcher was decent as well. thought uh, Egan, the other Butcher, sorry, Nat, Matt Butcher was good. Egan was okay. Um, and Brown, as you mentioned, I thought he was very good coming off the bench with a point to prove. Uh, it be interesting to see how he does slot into this team. He, I'm pretty sure he's, he's got a spot now for the well, least he's got three a month. Weeks. He's got three weeks to, <laughs> to do that. Look, it might not be the worst yeah, to have. Yeah. It might not be the worst when he's back to have Radley come off the bench and and play. It's interesting me that they haven't played him for so long, to be honest, because he's been there for a while now, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been since he almost a start. He was always. There or thereabouts for Parramatta. Like, I know he'd have a shocker every now and then, but he was generally very good. Very well, for, for probably two years. Well, the year he got picked for Origin, he was their best player. Hmm. And then he had a... Uh, I, I couldn't understand why he wasn't in the side a lot of last year, but, yeah, that's the past. Um, Teddy and Geary, the best two players for the Roosters. Mention that. Easily the best two. Yeah. I thought Teddy was the best player on the field. He was. Um, I had him with the three points. I had Ben Hunt with two. And then I either had Jack DeBellin or Geary for the one. The only thing I say add about the Dragons is you can give them. I'm a little bit going to treat this as a fresh start because the mm -hmm. first thing a new coach has done is 
switch Lomax and Sully straight away, put Hunt back to halfback, bring Little back into the team as the hooker. Uh, they all seem to be positive. And they all work. So, you know, now they've got to – if they can get some consistency, they, they there might be upside there. But uh, you've seen the Cowboys come through beating uh, – playing both East teams and then lost by 60. So I'm saying it's the weakest <laughs> – those three are probably the weakest form line that last month. If you look at it right now is I'm going to treat that until otherwise is yeah, the weaker forward line, uh, form line, I should say, uh, three to Teddy. I agree. I'm giving him three. Uh, you're thinking hunt too. Uh, yes. And hunt. And then I had either Kiri or DeBellin. One. I, I had Kiri, uh, but I do want to make a point that, uh, DeBellin has been fantastic. He's someone, I don't know how popular he is in super coach, but he's definitely worth thinking of there. Now he's playing yeah. those bigger minutes, and uh, the mail around was he probably he was in uh, the uh, rep selectors' thoughts uh, leading into Origin, and probably rightfully so. But I, you know, depends who you believe. Allegedly, the um, the baggage with it was what turned off the NRL, the New South Wales selectors. But anyway, he's, he's been getting through his work, but he's still nowhere near as explosive as he was before he had his um, time to sit out of the game. Yeah, there was times before that um, where he was. Such a handful in attack. It's really nice passing and offloading, just rampaging over people, and that hasn't come back. His defence has come back really well. So, yeah, the attacking side of his game still got a bit to go. Probably finds it hard to get inspired under the regime that was there, so maybe Possibly. maybe they can unlock him a bit more from that point of view now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other game was another physical affair, a 36-16 Eels over the Bunnies Friday night, something we didn't see coming. Uh, what did you see in the stats, though? It's one of those games where Parramatta just turned up, wasn't it? It's, it's only happened a couple of times this year. But they were in top form. Uh, two out of three conversions, played six out of six for Parramatta. A missed two-point field goal attempt, 70% completion for the Rabbits, 78% for Parramatta. 378-plus running metres and 191-plus post-contact metres for Parramatta. Five line breaks to six. 20 tackle busts to 29. Five offloads to 18 for Parramatta. One force dropout to two. 336 tackles played 274. Both teams made 11 errors. Six penalties conceded by Parramatta, uh, by South Sydney. One conceded by Parramatta. One ruck infringement against the Rabbits. Moses with 130 supercoach points. Brown with 113. Walker with 110 for Souths. Yeah, about 10 minutes before kickoff, I just had that gut feel that we were going to see, you know, the proper Parramatta turn up because they only seem to do it against Souths and Penrith and Melbourne. So <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, they were physical. They gave it to uh, Souths and it was, um, it was an entertaining game to watch. But uh, what did you make of Souths' effort? Do you think it was just the game they had to have? Was there fatigue there? Uh, I think they got caught on the back foot a little bit um, early. I think Parramatta really ambushed them with the temp- with up-tempo play in the first 10 or 15 minutes of the game. South went with them up till sort of close to half-time. Uh, and then I think it just got, became too much to them for them, to be honest. I think they basically just went, fuck it, who cares? We're running first. This is going to be way too tough to, you know, we're going to have to absolutely flog ourselves to win this game. So let's just go through the motions and just play it out as we normally would play a game. I just don't think they could get themselves to that level that they needed to be. They were definitely down a couple of holes and they didn't seem to really, the big guys didn't seem to try and get out and inspire them to that next level. Walker did, but um, 
the likes of Cook, Murray and Latrell just sort of seem to just play their average game rather than trying to do anything out of the box. I wonder if it's it was a sort of hangover from that doing the same thing against the Tigers or whether it was that that was a physical game or whether it, yeah, maybe they just yeah, maybe they all had origin on their mind. Who knows? I think the Tigers have been pretty physical. Most teams have played. Um I can't really remember anybody coming out of a tie out of a game playing against the Tigers and then being fresh and running all yeah. over the anyone the next week. Um, I think they really do test, especially the middles from for any team that they come so, up against. Uh, yeah, I just wonder if that was uh, they caught that and then, you know, back up into just quick back up into that extra level. Into having to cop Paulo and Co here. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense because that's really where they did get caught out, I thought, especially early in this game. Um Parramatta really dominated the middle at different times of this game. South did play some really nice footy just on either side at half-time. Um, the, the, the inside-outside play and then out to AJ was one of the tries of the weekend. There was some really nice passing and some short kicking just on either side at half-time. And South did look really good and sort of back in, in and around the match and maybe even just getting in front just after half-time. But, um, yeah, it just seemed then that Parramatta cranked it up for another couple of years. They just went to a, a whole other level and South just... Well, yeah, I, I agree. It. Probably around the 50th minute mark, I thought, you know, business had resumed and South were going to run away with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether... And I didn't... I haven't studied the uh, the, the substitution, but generally that coincides with Paulo and Co coming back into the game. Uh, and I imagine it's similar much, here. You're pretty much fine. That's what whereabouts it happened. But it also... They played really quick out wide. Uh, a lot of mm. ball movement. They lo- a lot of don't they love a short side play? Uh, yeah. Probably more than <laughs> any team Mitchell in the comp. He'll go. He'll go up the blind side. So yeah, often. him and Nico really enjoy yeah. that short side. They, they run out and start probing around, and if it's not on, they just switch it back really yeah. quickly. But they um yeah they they're probably two of the better exponents of the short side raid in the comp. Those two halves. Um, but yeah, the ball movement for mine, um, the quick passing, short. Short, quick passing, and they, they got to edges really fast. And they seemed to beat a man in defence just through the ball work that they were putting in. And um, obviously, if, well, as soon as you're outside your man, it just causes chaos out wide for defenders. And uh, we know a lot, of, uh, a lot of defenders out there aren't the best as it is. So if you start giving them headaches to add to it, then make, they have to start making decisions. One wrong decision out wide, it costs you four points. Yeah. Um... Individually, anyone else you want to talk about? Uh, I think it's usual suspects. I do want to wrap. Uh, uh, Wiramu Greg, I thought he had his best game in first grade, played big minutes, and I think they've now found a very capable third string to that, um, you know, how would I say it, third string? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A a very capable third part of their front row rotation that – He's going to do a good job. Uh, he was great in uh, in this game. I thought he was Come physical. A lot more reliable, hasn't he? Yeah. He had massive reps on him coming through. He started at the Cowboys, I think it was, and mm. come down here. But, um, yeah, he's always been built for it, and he's just really taken his game to another level this year. Then uh, he put um, poor Damien Cook in a wheelchair, uh, not through his fault, but <laughs> that was nasty That um, when he cleaned up Cook. When he snapped his neck back, that could have been very, very ugly. So yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, no issues there. But um, yeah, I just want to make a point of making for him. He was over two hundred run meters, uh, and matched up to the physical South's pack. He was he was great. Yeah, uh, he seems to enjoy it, doesn't he? He's yeah. one of those blokes that just gets better the harder they come at him. Um, I thought Tola, Cook, and Murray were all okay. Um, Spencer's 
ordinary for South Sydney. The bench added very little, if anything at all, really. Um, Walker and Arrow were easily the best two South Sydney players on the field. I thought Arrow had an absolute ball terror again. He's been close to their best forward week in, week out for the last sort of month. And um, their Walker's just at that level. He's just up near that red line level. Consistent performances week after week recently. He's been given defences all sorts of problems. Tennessee and Simonson were probably the best of the back five for Parramatta. Tennessee again, while well, he's mentioned a few times he's got a few issues in defence but uh, when he gets uh, a bit of time to use his footwork he, he leaves defenders behind a fair, a fair bit and um, Simonson's been really up for the, the contest the last two weeks I don't know what's gotten into him but he's been more aggressive than I think I've ever seen him play in his entire career the last two weeks and um, yeah, maybe it's just being able to get a, a full crack at yeah well, in, in a rotation where they haven't really nailed down that side um You'd like to see him give probably give both these blokes a decent crack at it now. Yeah. Madison and Makatello were good off the bench. Um, see a bit of a problem now with Madison out for a month. It's, um, I thought they were both really good off the bench. Cartwright's hit the most consistent form he's been in since his debut debut year for, per, for Penrith there, where he was the next big thing and obviously drifted in and out of games ever since. But um, he's been yeah really consistent recently and. Now with Lane out, I think, for extended period as well. Looks like he's got that spot locked up down there for a little while. Um, starting to get a decent combination with Dylan Brown there as well. So he's becoming another one of those sort of go-to forwards in the attack. Uh, Parramatta, like uh, Sorensen is for Penrith. Paulo was tremendous. He was just barreling through blokes and <laughs> doing what he does so well. He's so effective when he's on and yeah. in that aggressive frame of mind. And... Uh, the halves are brilliant, but between the two of them, this was a um, this was another. We, I compared Brown to Munster. Teams. I compared to Brown to Munster about three or four weeks ago. Uh, he was quietish last week, but this this was him was at his best again. But two out of the last three weeks, he's been. This was he was superb here. This was Munster level of um, when he ran, he had spiders on him when he chose to pass. Uh, it was the right time, and his kicks were yeah, pin, pinpoint. So scared to commit on him because they know that you can just beat him with. So they try to hang off for as long as they can before they make a decision to tackle him. Yeah. It's probably not the best way to go about it either, realistically. But I wouldn't like to try and grab hold of him. But he'd make me look like an idiot, I guarantee you. Nah. So, um, yeah, very very good footwork and acceleration. Coming, definitely one of the strike sixes in the game. I had him as man of the match, to be honest. So did I. I know Moses had all, got all the plaudits from all the commercial stations and yeah. Fox and all the rest of it. But um, I, I definitely thought. Without him, a lot of the stuff doesn't happen out on that field. But I can confirm my notes in front of me. Say three, Brown three, Moses two, mm-hmm. uh, Greg slash Paulo one. So you can take your pick if uh, if you agree. I had Paulo so Okay. Probably so go Brush and Mitch. Considered. I had no. I had Moses for two. Oh, gotcha. gotcha for gotcha. the one point, I had um, Paulo or Hopgood. Well, Hopgood's probably the only bloke you haven't really touched on. Just you know, give us a quick proxy of uh, of why you're thinking that. Well, he went back in again and played his, I think he played 70-odd minutes in this one. He might have yep. even played the entire 80. He's, um, I reckon he probably accounted for half of those offloads. In, yeah. <laughs> just going off the top of my head, I don't have the stats in front of me, but um, I, he was fantastic again with his offloads. He's just consistently gritty in everything he does. He takes the ball into the line hard, and then he's always looking play off the back of it. And his defence is strong. Um, he's just a bloke who works for 80 minutes, or every minute he's on the field. Four, yeah, he had four offloads. Paulo had four, and Brown had four. Just for the record, 
he what, made up near 40, 30, 40 tackles and plenty of run meters. So. Yeah, all right, now I'm fine with that. Give it to him. Do you love it? No, I was going to say give it to Paulo because we both had Paulo. Okay. <laughs> but honorable mentions for Hopgood and Walker from mine. Yep. Who were yours? Uh, now you've covered that. No, I, yeah. um, I yeah, struggled to. Obviously, Cody uh, was Moses. good for. Moses was the other honorable mention, just the obvious there. Did have whatever he had, three try assists. Oh, Moses got our two points, yeah. Um, so Brown, Moses, and then. Thank you. Note that down. GT, we'll put up the uh, ladder before it goes behind closed walls next week. Oh, yeah. We that's origin. That. Uh, Getting shit together, GT. So what's uh, – yeah, it's coming, Greg. Uh, <laughs> what's, uh, um, what's your read on Parramatta, though? How do you treat them? And you just write it off for Souths? I think there's going to be a few yeah, yeah, Souths no, blokes South with a point That doesn't proof. affect Souths too much, I don't think, unless they come up with some long-term injuries. In, mm. in the near future, I, I can't see them missing the top four now. Um, now I've said that, I'll lose every game to the end of the year. Para now get the, the uh, Cowboys, the Bulldogs, and Manly. So not a bad little... Para now, for mine, still a concern of missing the eight, to be honest. Um, I'm, I always had them in and around fifth and sixth, and now for mine, they're borderline eight. Um, it depends which one of them decides to turn up. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, one or all of those teams could beat... <laughs> Power of the next three weeks, but it's a pretty cosy draw, you would think. You would think so. Um, if they can keep Brown and Moses on the field, you'd think they would win somewhere around percent, 70% of the remaining games this year. Um, if they're going to put in performances like that most weeks, they should probably be even a higher percentage than that. That should see them finish in around 7th and 8th. Um, so as rest, you said, there's yeah. been games that they've lost where they really shouldn't have lost at the start of the year. and They've set themselves up for failure at the moment. Um, they're going to need a good effort to be contenders back in the Keep cracking on. Yeah, mate. 26-6, Saturday afternoon, kicked off with uh, the Sharks over the Knights. Uh, this was the classic case for mine of just class prevailing here. Uh, but you can tell us what Stats said. We had four tries to one, four out of four conversions, played one out of one, one out of one penalty attempts. Cronulla, 65% completion, played 67%, 525 plus running metres, 157 plus post-contact metres. For Cronulla, seven line breaks to one, 43 tackle busts, played 32, eight offloads to nine, two force dropouts by Cronulla, zero from Newcastle, 317 tackles, played 350, 16 errors, <laughs> played 14, <laughs> five penalties conceded from both teams. Kennedy with 98 supercoach points, Moylan with 82, and then six other Cronulla players before you got down to Bradman Best on 57 supercoach points. Solid enough performance. Their defence was okay for most parts. They weren't really tested uh, too often, but um, Cronulla defended quite well, I thought. Their errors are so frustrating to watch as a Cronulla supporter. Every week they make over 10 errors. And half of them, but like you don't mind seeing it if they're throwing the ball around and they're trying to score points. And they're, they're trying new new set plays and all that kind of shit. The ball hits the ground. Yeah, fair enough. But more than half of them are just carrying the ball into defence and the ball just pops out. Yeah. <laughs> Teague Wilton had one of his most unflattering nights of his career in this one. He seemed to drop the ball every second or third time he touched the thing. <laughs> it was just so frustrating to watch at times. As our mate GT, who was there with us on the weekend, 
managed to mention never watched a 20-point win and been so frustrated by the end <laughs> of the match. Like, they should have won this by 40 or 50%. Yeah. They were all over Newcastle. They were constantly just field position, possession, and constantly pressuring them. Newcastle scrambled well to probably keep it to 26 points, but the Sharks just shot themselves in the foot time and time again in attack. They just turned over ball and good ball and bad ball. <laughs> there was a period there I think they had to defend for about 10 to 15 minutes, and it was just off their own bullshit. They'd get the ball, have it, hold it for two tackles and drop it, give it back to Newcastle. Then they'd get a force drop out, and then they get the ball back, and they'd drop it on the third tackle. And it just it, <laughs> it became so frustrating by the end of this game to watch as a Cronulla fan, even though it was quite a comfort. It was... Um... Oh, let's talk positives. You made the comparison to David Peachy for Bubba Kennedy a few weeks back, and uh, it, 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 I can see you what you're saying. It, I, yeah, you? <laughs> I can see what you're saying. He doesn't have the full lope, but just the way yeah. I, I reckon even that uh, – did he score the first try? He was got the first try and set one up. Or, but just the way he chimed in and that footwork, like it, yeah, you can't unsee it once it's been – It's with that, that – it's more so for me that – wraparound play where he's yeah, coming yeah, around the back left, and the yeah. way he just moves into the line yeah. it's just eerily similar to David Peachy and his big attacking weapons that that left foot step where he stands up nice and tall and cuts back on the inside of people yeah they can't can't get a hand on him no um it's a, a very very sound comparison uh, and as you said you can't unsee it once you uh <laughs> once you do he was fantastic I thought he was a, I thought he was the best player on the field yeah a little about. bit shorter and his strides not that, as long yeah uh, probably got a fraction more acceleration than Peach, Peach is probably a bit quicker over a longer distance. So. But, yeah, very, very similar type player. He was close to the best player in the ground. I think he probably was. Um, That's what I just said, so yes. Yeah, he was fantastic the way he chimed into the back line. Uh, and surely Connor Tracy has a first-grade spot somewhere doing something. Yeah, it's already uh, rumours that he's out of there. <laughs> really? <laughs> there was a link to the Eels during the week. Well, they want an X Factor, don't yeah. they? Whatever that means, so. Yeah, like, yeah. How what is his best spot? Player. Is he a centre? I think centre is, to be honest, um, probably a little bit small to play at, at fullback, and I don't know how he goes on the high ball. Mm. He, he came through as a half, so if there's a team out there screaming for probably a six, probably be an okay fit as a six, uh, running five eight. With um, he's got a nice little short ball. So his long ball's not the greatest, but um, and. He used to be, from what I can remember, a handy kicker close to like a short, had a handy kick, short kicking game as well. So okay. Probably someone that could fit into that mould of um, the wise and play similar to the little wise and the Browns uh, as a six. But um, yeah, didn't he give Gagai some headaches out there yeah. from on that edge for Newcastle? Well, he played Gagai he stood him out of up an origin spot. that many times. Seven missed tackles for Gagai, and uh, it was all, I'd say, all seven were just about uh, thanks to Connor. Yeah, I think two of them were in one <laughs> in one tackle. <laughs> he beat him yeah. twice in the same tackle. One fell on either shoulder. Um, he's got really, really nice acceleration and pretty good pace out there. And he's, uh, he's had a lot of injuries through his career, which has probably stopped him from cementing the spot earlier than what he has. And yeah, he's, he's sitting back now behind a pretty decent back line. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was calls for him to be plucked out of Cronulla's side from someone else in the NRL. Silly not to ask the question. That's right. Um, what else did you talk about? Yeah, it, they didn't play at their best. Braley, uh, does it, good on him getting that, you know, 
couple a week or week and a bit in Origin camp just to get a feel mm. for all that because he has been very very good. His execution has been great all year. So uh, kudos to him. Fanukin got through a mountain of defensive work, and um, yeah, it, it was what it was. Like yeah, when they clicked, they looked really smooth. You know, the, the, yeah. when when everything gelled together, the, the, their attack looks as as smooth as pretty much anyone realistically, and they they did it easy. They just stripped them for numbers a couple of times and just looked like a training run. As they tend to do sometimes when they, when they when they're really up and going, Newcastle were a bit flat there at times. Took a pretty nice offload there from Bradman Best because that was I thought that was a pretty good tackle from Ramian, but there was nobody else around to help him out. And then you get the um the offload back to back to Ponga, and I don't think there was anyone within about five or ten meters no. of him. So I don't know what happened there in defence, but um obviously not a, a highlight for the Sharks. Um yeah, Gago was okay with the ball, but he. Hopeless, as we mentioned in defence, best of Marzu were probably the best of their back five. I really like Marzu. He's growing into one of my favourite players, to be honest. There's an outside back who just really loves to barge into blokes. He doesn't, doesn't he's not making the same mistakes he was making up at the Gold Coast either. No. He seems to become a more well rounded, uh, solid player there. It's like the way he just bumps people off and keeps, keeps, he doesn't seem to slow down. He just keeps going. Same He's just got that low um, centre of gravity, he gets himself low and just, yep. um, Push it through with a, that strong base. Hastings was pretty good again. It'll be interesting to see how they, they link up this week with Gamble coming back in. Um, David Siofini was pretty good. Uh, and Elliot and Leo Thompson were probably close to their better players on the field. Frizzell had another really good night. I um, Well, anyone whinging about Frizzell being in New South Wales team, I said it um, a couple of weeks ago, I think he deserves his spot. I didn't expect him to start, but... Uh, yeah, no, never did I. Brings out physicality, will get through work, uh, can play 80 if needed, can play half hour if needed. And, His defence is fantastic. But uh, he won't, he's not going to let anyone down, put it that way. So, um, yeah, no. he's, been in, he's been in great form. Yeah, year. I agree. Um, if, if it is true that he's on the market, um, the play, agents tend to, I found agents tend to, I think it was flagged by um, someone on Twitter actually, but. When you see someone linked to the Tigers or Bulldogs, usually that just means they're after an upgrade at their own club, I've another, found. <laughs> so, um, given that's the only two clubs Rizal's been linked with, I assume uh, he's probably staying in Newcastle. Uh, I think they just bought a house up there, actually, so he's just looking for another you know, little top-up for his last contract, I assume. Yeah, interesting to me if the Tigers are after any back rowers. I couldn't, I couldn't um, imagine having just let go Joffa go. They'd go and spend 600 on a 31-year-old... Nah. Second row. Raymond Papali, you got the young blokes coming Madame through. Madamua, Pole. I can't see any need for them to be putting anybody in the forward. No, and... and they need centres. Yeah. Well, not even... No, we don't need centres. Tower was... Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to those blokes very shortly. In a couple of minutes, in fact. But, um, you mentioned Fanuke and he was fantastic. Uh, Royce Hunt was pretty good. Ball in hand again. He's got some problems in defence. He doesn't move sideways all that well, but um, he's a very good player. Hazelton, I thought, was fantastic coming off the bench. He had some charges that were brilliant. He'd done 15, 20 metre runs, carrying blokes with him. And um, for, considering we've I've banged on about how much we've been lacking size and, uh, and depth in that middle forwards for Granola for a while, um, he's, he was an injection that we needed this week. And um, ULE, he didn't get many minutes, but he had a positive outcome on the team as well, coming back playing a bit of size in the middle of the field, which sort of helped cement cement the middle of the field for him. Um, 
Nikura was fantastic again, and I thought Moylan was very good in this game. He was great. He was fantastic with his ball playing. He was close to one of the best on the field, I thought. Um, and his footwork seems a bit sharper than it has recently. I don't know why, but he just seems to be a, a fraction. His acceleration just seems to be there a little bit more, and um, there's a bit of footwork at the moment. Maybe, so maybe his hammies are finally, yeah, finally, finally knitted, finally back, knitted together. back together. <laughs> <laughs> After snapping 27 times. Um yeah, Hines, Kennedy, and Tracy were the three that seemed to cause problems for the defence more than most. Yeah. The Sharks team. A rare, Kennedy. Oh. a rare Sharks game where Nico might not get a point, so. Yeah, no. I've got him in the talking for one, but wouldn't be surprised if he gets left out. I had Kennedy with the three, Tracy with the two, and then uh, Moyland or Hines. I had Moylan or Fanukin, so let's go give with... It to give it to Moylan. Uh, fun watching what these games with GT because he loves commentating on Wade Graham. The old man <laughs> yeah, hit I, up. I may have made a comment. Old man hit up. So, no, yeah. that was me. The that old wasn't... man hit up. <laughs> hey, Graham, you made about... The old man hit up where he just jogs into the line and stands there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right, I'll play, the ball. I'll play it now. Did it like three times in the space of about five minutes. I was just like, oh, my. What's Good going on, on? <laughs> remember when he used to just tear in oh, the, he used to be like, off his head in defense and attack, he'd just tear into the opposition. Now he's just oh, yeah, there, there's another 20k. Very good. Uh, I can't very judge good. him for it, so uh, we'll move on. Oh, mate, you'll come back and you'll have some very, very strong games, but it's noticeably aged in the last 12 months, 18 months. 5 30 Saturday, uh. Glorious carnage, 66 to 18. The Tigers at Leichhardt, the highest score in history of the joint club, the highest score from a Balmain team, the highest score from a West team, uh, and should have been 72 for the record. But anyway, Barney, what did the stats say? Yeah, if they'd got the 72, that would have been their biggest winning margin too, I think, uh, 50-odd points. But, um, Which also came against effort. them, I think. From the Tigers, eleven tries to three, eleven out of eleven conversions from Wakeham. He had the ball on a string. He was, <laughs> he was absolutely flushing them. Uh, Brooks, sorry, the... Brooks. I thought it was, Brooks did kick one and Appy kicked two. Yeah, okay. Sorry, carry on. No, no, but from, yeah, but he was he nailing. Kicked. He did nail the first nine. He was nailing them. Oh, that's right, Brooks. He got a kick, and yeah, I don't know why they got Appy to do it at the end, but anyway. A thousand plus running meters for the Tigers. That's <laughs> ten lengths of the field. They beat their opposition <laughs> by two hundred and fifty-seven plus post contact meters. Thirteen line breaks to three. Fifty-five tackle busts to twenty. Fifteen offloads to five. Force dropouts for the Tigers. Two hundred and thirty tackles against three hundred and fifty-six made by the Cowboys, and you probably had fifty odd they missed. <laughs> four errors to twelve. Three penalties conceded to four. Three ruck infringements against the, against the Cowboys and one inside the 10 against the Cowboys. Stafford Tuller with 152 supercoach points. Jerome Buller with 124. I've decided to write down everyone that got 100 in this game, so we're going to be going for a couple more. Wakeham with 119. Tupahu with 109. Brooks with 103. And Appy with 100. Drinkwater the closest on 95. Holy fuckballs, Batman. <laughs> what happened here, mate? I don't know. It was awesome, though. <laughs> it was great. Uh, look, I... It was raining tries. Oh, 
as I said, fourteen tries in eighteen minutes. Perhaps uh, that Cowboys form line wasn't the strongest in hindsight, as I suggested. But and and like we don't even talk about them. They were, they were shit. They were terrible. Um, the only standout, just about uh, obviously good on Drinkwater getting nose points, but I thought Luciano was actually quite good, uh, getting booed every time he touched the ball. But he looked like he was good. Their he only he looked like their only positive, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of the Tigers, Bart? Tries every five or six minutes, man, and eighty percent of them were the Tigers. They were absolutely running amok on the edges of the field. They looked quite good with their ball movement again. Uh, they played very up tempo, very similar to Parramatta. They they came out with a plan to stretch the edges, but they didn't shirk away from the middle either. They gave that a good working over, <laughs> as you can see with the thousand plus running meters. Um, they were really well controlled. Um, they're extremely controlled. They've um, completed over 90% for the last month. Throwing the ball around all over the place and scoring wherever. You were very controlled as well, mate. I was <laughs> expecting you to, your head to explode by the end of the match, but I think that's the calmest I think I've ever seen you when you've watched the game with the Tigers. Well, and as you know, when it was 36-18, I was waiting for us to fuck it all up. I, I genuinely <laughs> was waiting for us to lose this game. Uh, and then we scored another 30 points. They were aggressive. Um, they they had attacking plays upon attacking plays. They they obviously went out of their way to get the ball out to Young Tupu and um, Junior Tupu and Tala every opportunity they could when they <laughs> once they were well on top because they knew that they were just giving their opposition a mark out wide. Those two play they were running a mark over against, against their opposition. Um, this isn't it was as crisp attack as I think I've seen this year. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, it was flattered by some very ordinary defence out wide at times. But just the ball movement and the consistency of it, without, you know, the ball hitting the ground, without without the errors and all the rest of it on the back of it, there's some really nice little plays there with um, the Appy runaround was was lovely to see and a couple of crash balls with some big blokes going through. It's fantastic. They looked a million bucks. They did. I, I Yeah, I could wrap I could wrap everyone on the field just about because they all had a moment too, which was um, pretty cool. But uh, I I'll, I'll work. I I'll work. Uh, let's work from the ruck first because I th- I loved Appy's touches they in this. They intimidated the Cowboys. Um, in the of well, the yeah. First of all, the the Fords owned him. Uh, Papali was just uh, that was Parramatta. That was what he was producing at Parramatta. He was physical. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be involved in any time the ball came his way. He uh, he wanted Bateman was close to beat a bloke. And Bateman was. Um, Bateman, he, he it doesn't reflect in the stats, but Bateman, he was outstanding in this game, but he's not the sort of bloke that has a lot of stats stuff. But some of the stuff he did was um, was so damaging, even just... Um, Scares the shit out of defenders. Well, well, first of all, he's not the biggest back row, but he throws blokes around. He throws around blokes mm. twice his size. But um, just uh, a couple of them where... Touches the skill. Where they, um, yeah. yeah, where he'll... Have the ball. There'll be there'll be ball movement, and he'll just take that second to get into the line before he keeps going. Hold it, throw it and he's drawn a bloke in, and then the 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 gap opens up for whoever's on his shoulder uh, is fantastic. So skill there, um, but Appy just Appy's touches. The two crash plays. I love the way he throws out the back and then hits the front man. Like he, yeah. he shapes to throw out the back and you hit the bloke. They were both um, beautiful touches there, and uh, we're seeing. We're now we've got to see Jareem Buller ball in hand as well. We've seen how good he is in defence, but uh, he just doesn't seem to miss in defence. No. It was a 
one or two times where he just completely shut down the attack. The Cowboys made a break and he just comes well, over and just swamps yeah. the blade. It's, it, he's it. just got, to, like, you know, what they say about, you know, superstar sports when they have that extra time. But it seems like he just picks them in tackles uh, as he's done in games leading up to this. He doesn't he, he doesn't drop high balls. Uh, he reads attack well. Uh, Body position. But his attack here was, um, as I said, he's still green. He's still only learning this game, but just he picked the right times to run at felt in this game. He felt picked the right times to pass or to take line on them pass. Uh, and and he worked out to follow Bateman and Appy around, and obviously that helped. Um, <laughs> Not a bad idea. And so he was fantastic. And Luke Brooks was, in his 200th game, was outstanding. Probably his best game of rugby league. Uh, just mm-hmm. had the ball on a string. The last couple of weeks, what he's done well. So, first, uh, whether it's a conscious thing from Sheen's or whether it's just how the it's come about, but to start the season, he was just running every time he touched the ball, uh, and he's now reined mm-hmm. that back. And at now he's picking the right times to run uh, and creating that bit of doubt. So, um, whatever they've done to get his game back on track, uh, the last month from him has been good, and this was great. Uh, he, he he had the confidence to kick early. And perhaps it's just those years, as I said, in our going all the way back to our five-hour season preview. Perhaps he's just been under the wrong coaches and wrong teams for a few years, where he's, you know, he's not necessarily a a, um, a, a five-tackle and Hoyk halfback. He's something else, and that's what they've worked with here, uh, and that's why they've been chasing, I guess, the um, controlling half to help that out. But um, the combination's growing here. I thought he was great again, absolutely brilliant. But as I said, I can keep wrapping blokes. Uh, the only mm-hmm. The last two I will wrap um, is Junior Tupa, who and, and I did say last week when we didn't score any points, they need to get early ball to some of these blokes that can beat guys one-on-one or, or close to line, and they did that this game. Tupo, um, two very impressive tries. One out of just nothing, a loose ball. He picked up and beat four blokes and scored. And um, Stafford Toa gave Val Holmes uh, an absolute bath in defence, uh, out-muscled him. Palmed him off a few times, stepped him a few times, beat him for pace, uh, and uh, looked like a, a, a superstar, looked like a, a bloke on a, on a great upward spiral. So hopefully, you know, in the past, the Tigers would have gone and signed all these blokes for 900000 So Or oh, sold him. Okay. So one or the other, there's no in between. So uh, hopefully, as I said, they've with Joff going, and um, I want to give him a shout-out because he, he was our best player in a bad time. Um, over the last oh, 18 yeah, months. Last so, uh, you know, they, they've just decided to invest with the juniors and let the old, older Ford go. And uh, hopefully they do make an effort to, to wrap up um, your Tupo, your Toas and your Bullers. Now they're putting themselves in a shop window. Um, and, you know, front row, uh, and lastly, our Ford, uh, our props are great. Clemens, I think, missed one tackle in six weeks. And Stefano uh, was physical, uh, got involved and... <laughs> When you're a twenty-year-old prop, you now go to an origin camp. Hopefully, he can bounce off it and um, really step up with some. That's uh, what we were kind of stuff. expecting out of him last year, I think. Yeah, um, he never—he was never fit. I don't think he took a little while to get going this year, but his last three or four weeks have been very, very impressive. Um, extremely good in this game. The only ones that are probably mentioned out of the Cowboys, I thought um, Cotter and McLean did a job for their team. Uh, they weren't, you know, by no means outshone their opposition, but they—they they, they did their job. It's a couple of moments of felt that weren't bad. And Drinkwater was probably the only threat in attack. Um, not that there was many of them, but <laughs> most of the time it was with him when he was involved yeah. that um, created that. 
you mentioned everyone. I think the only bloke you didn't mention was Twile, who, who off the bench was uh, was very strong again. Oh, even he was involved in a run around. Yeah, the <laughs> yes, he was. Now he doesn't get on the back of one of those crash plays. <laughs> Surely like it's coming. <laughs> Come on, bro. Because it was um, the only thing missing from this game. <laughs> it was a twelve try. Uh, Pole, another one you probably might have skimmed over. But I thought that was pretty impressive from him as well. But um, yeah, Buller was amazing. Ty was untouchable for most of the night, and mine he was the best player on the field. It's um, two or three really strong performances back to back from him, and um, he was just uncontrollable in this game. They could not get anywhere near him. Um, I had Brooks for the two. I thought, as you mentioned, everything you said about him was, was correct. And then I either had um, one of three for the one point, Wakeham, Appy, or Buller. I, I think you've probably got to give it to Buller. I, I had Buller or Appy or Bateman. So, hey, that's who you said. There you go. Um, no, I said Wakeham. Oh, Wakeham. Okay, but, sorry. Uh, Wake, and Wakeham was great too. So, tricky one to divvy up, but give it to Buller, I suppose. Give it to Buller. Yeah, that's... Uh, is he odds on now for Rookie of the Year? Very close. I, mm. I can't think um, of too many. Hoppy's Hopgood, um, a rookie. Is he considered a rookie? I'd have to look. Depends how many he played last year. He, he, might, have played played, he might have played five last year. I'm not sure. Through Origin or whatever. I'd have to look. Um, yeah, if he plays the rest of the season, you think it's a shoe-in for that award. Mm. But exciting. It's um, And without sounding like a dick, I, you look at teams coming off this but round. I'm going to. I'm going to anyway. But... <laughs> There's going to be teams that probably don't want to play the Tigers in the next month. Um, mm. Yeah. Compared to your Cowboys and Dragons and Roosters and whoever else. I don't and, think there'd be really anyone except for maybe the top two or three teams that would want to play yeah. them in that kind of mood though, on the weekend. Well, it's, just, it's such a funny thing all, all the way through. And obviously you watch the game with me and um, I didn't quite know how to take it, to be honest. But um, like mm. to, to have it happen at Leichhardt, Brooks is 200 after the couple of years we've had was just like this big – Feels like this is a big release of wow. Um, maybe there's Absolutely. something here again. So hopefully, they... a party in there on Saturday. Oh, on. for sure. Hopefully, um, <laughs> and, and you know the good thing is they've got the buy now to get the heads back going together, and hopefully, well, considering that of... their biggest struggle all year, like they've met, they've got okay matching teams in the middle of the park. Yeah, the biggest problem has been scoring points, and they've just proved. I know they played you know, one of the teams that have really struggled this year in defence, but eleven tries don't come around. Ever really? For no, that's like, right. Maybe once every two seasons, a team might score sixty odd points. You know, so that's something that they can really pin their their flag to, and hopefully continue on this year and rack up some points against some other teams. Uh, and they, I think I believe they're hitting they're hitting Melbourne and Penrith without Origin players. I believe so. Um, you know, all of a sudden you put another two or three together in a month. Um, everyone's feeling pretty good about themselves. Uh, all right. The main event Saturday was 24 to 16 Storm defeating the Dolphins. Interesting game to analyse, but what did the stats say? Had three tries to four, two out of three conversions played four out of four. Sinbin for the Dolphins, 72% completion played 89% for Storm. 246 plus running metres for Storm, five line breaks to three. 39 tackle bust to 35. Might have been the Dolphins. Did you double check that? Who yeah, had the so. most running meters? Five offloads for both teams. Two force dropouts to one. Three hundred and forty tackles by the Dolphins. Played three hundred and two from the Storm. Melbourne led the run meters, fourteen eighty four. 
No, the other one tackle breaks here was 39 Dolphins, 35 Melbourne. 12 errors to nine. One penalty conceded to five against the Storm. Two ruck infringements from both teams. Two inside the 10 against Melbourne. Cody Nikarima with 97 supercoach points. Asako with 97. And Katoa with 90 for the Storm. Very good, aggressive game of footy. Um, they really got stuck into each other. But the forward packs obviously had a point to prove against each other. And um, they got... Um, Quite personal there. I was going to say there was um, there, it was more personal than I expected. Actually, they they did set out to yeah give it first to time. Him. I think the Dolphins have blown it um, with being too far pumped up. Like this year, every time that there's been a you know this was obviously a target game. This was an emotional game. This was something that they'd set out to really dominate in the middle of the field, and that's the way they came out at the start of the game. They went too far. They went over the top. Kenny Bromwich and Kafusi, probably the main two offenders. Um, just way too much niggly bullshit. Uh, errors, sin binnings, uh, penalties conceded just by being ultra aggressive and letting uh, the aggression get to them and going over the top doing silly shit in the middle of the field. And I think it cost them in this game, to be honest. Um, a couple of them, obviously, Kafusi at the start of the game, uh, he three minutes in or whatever it is and you get sent to 10, that's a big deficit to your team having basically been on the back foot for the yeah. first 10 or 15 minutes. And they march game. up field and score next takes, set. takes a lot to get back into it. Um, a lot of times it was when the Dolphins had the storm pinned in their own their own sort of 20-metre line and they, they just became that was it this game and, and they marched. Was it this game there's one or two march for lip as well? I think Tom Gilbert gave. I think it might have been Gilbert gave the ref a serve. Yeah, ultra aggressive and just went too far and gave away penalties, relieving penalties to let the Storm get out of their own end and down the other end of the field. Um, I think they were just too hyped up for this game, to be honest. They put in a good show to keep it as close as they did, and they were still a chance of um, snatching the game the back end. But um, yeah, I, I think they just did their own heads. In. It. Um... Yeah, the, the, you combine that with because um, well, ultimately they they put it back together defensively in the second half they won what did they win eight eight or twelve nil, uh, and I think if and it sounds stupid to say if they execute they still win this game I think uh, there was probably well there's two or three thrown at you and Aitken's head where um, he managed to catch one of them and you know it's a a different result and uh, as good a game as Cody did have he um. You also probably bombed two or three opportunities. Yeah, I, like they, they could have, in the back end of this game, they had their chances to win this game uh, and created their chance to win this game. They just couldn't finish it. Uh, so I um, I think they'll it, – it's a learning a learning curve. Uh, some of these older forwards, I guess, even at 33, 34, can learn from this. Bennett will <laughs> make a point not to fucking do it again. And um, you would think they so. will uh, come up from this. Storm – it's a funny one because Storm – I think that's more the tale of the game than the Storm really being excellent. But when they got their chances, they executed as well as they do. The Storm um, were very controlled. Um, they did sit back and absorb a lot of the Dolphins' aggression, especially in the first half. And as you mentioned, they, they took their opportunities when they got them. A couple of them were um, were exactly that, opportunities. They weren't created by Melbourne Storm. It was a second kick or a bounce of a ball that sort of just went the Storm's way and they were able to... Um, capitalise on it, but there was also some really nice play with the 
short grubber in for Munster's try. Um, that was spectacular from Jerome Hughes. And he, he also had another couple of really big involvements and some points for, for the Storm. Um, he was he was probably my man of the match. Um, oh, close enough to my man of the match. He was one of the best on the field anyway. Um, yeah, it, it really came down to who, who took those opportunities to score points and they, they, that fraction extra control and skill out of the, the playmakers for the Storm got them home in this game. Yeah. Um, hard to argue because, because um, Nick Arima and Marshall King created enough opportunity, just couldn't. When storm when the storm best players are on they they don't miss so and that's what happened uh, in the first half. Nick Arima's had a, a fantastic month since coming back into first grade, and I think yeah, he probably deserves to keep a spot. I think he's fullback this week in Hammer's absence. He's but, in pretty best form, I think. Um, so. Yeah, he he looked. Dang, I thought he was going to get him home at the back end of this game, uh, despite running into someone's knee there at the, in the dying moments. If and, Sullivan comes back. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Cartel go back. Potentially. To the forward position. Potentially. Cody stays on at six. I think he stays in the 17. I think uh, at the moment Milford's on the bench. You keep, you'd keep keep somehow keep one of those on the bench ahead of Milford. Yeah. Uh, and you can cover. Um, you can also play, I think you play centre. Cody's probably a little bit more versatile, so he might end up back at 14. Yeah, Phyllis can play dummy six. half, can play wherever he needs to play. Uh, I think it's, I thought Osaka was, was outstanding. I thought he was... Continuing the form of he's had all year. Uh, to this is the best I've ever seen him play. Like he showed flashes of brilliance at Brisbane, but he has consistently been close to the best winger in the comp week in and week out. Yeah, such his a footwork is tremendous. He's big enough to just brush past people, and he's got enough pace to burn blokes as well. And he seems to be playing a lot smarter than he ever did. Yeah, uh, agree, agree. I I had him in conversation for for points here because I thought he was yeah, almost, yeah, no, their I, best player. I read um, my um. Go again. I thought Kenny Bromish should have been big. So do I. I've, I've actually, face funny you say that, I was literally just Googling um, while you were talking what he actually got out of, he got a fine. Because mm. we've seen that in the past, um, it's been a week out. A week, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely thought he should have been given 10 minutes. Um, and so did he. Dumb and completely The way Jesse carried, they thought he should have as well because they... Mm. Were shitting themselves about that. <laughs> Stone had a big game. Um, yeah. Interesting this week. He goes into thirteen, so that'll be another one. Good, another good watch this weekend. SASA has been really good the last couple of weeks, coming off the bench, and he was good again for, for the Dolphins. Gilbert and Lemuelu, uh, fantastic again. Those guys are just putting in a shift every time they get a game at, at the moment for the Dolphins. Um, what do you say about Aiken? His form's been <laughs> sensational, <laughs> tremendous, really good. Um, he wasn't at his best in this game, but again, he was very good. But he um, crea- he was creating opportunities, and, and like I, I said, probably I think he dropped one, but two others. He, he could have scored a hat trick here. Uh, <laughs> service, I think one from Marshall King, one from Nick Rima just were, were wayward passes, but he was in the right spot and um, just couldn't finish. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Jeremy Marshall King was the best of the, the Dolphins forwards, I thought. Um, again, another another really good game from him and Asako and Cody. They're, they're both in career best form, and they were yeah. probably their two best players on the field. Uh, Pene and Kamakamika did a, a really good shift again for the Storm off the bench. I thought they um, they fall in hand. They, those two are turning into some um, some dominant forwards in this game. King and Liero, Chuck and Welch did a good job in the middle of the field. 
Grant tackled his ass off, but he wasn't really in, in sort of any real attacking mode in this game. Yeah. So sort he of went through the motions and did his job. Meany was fantastic, I thought. He um, yeah. created quite a few good opportunities. He's, he's quick. He's got nice footwork, really light on his feet and hard to get hold of. Hughes and Katoa were the difference in this game, I thought. Alicia Katoa, back to his... Um, seems to fly in. Like, at the Warriors, he'd play one good game and then have three or four games whereas now he's flipped it around and it's the other way around so he's playing you know he's playing good three or four back-to-back really strong performances and then maybe going missing for a week here and there which was probably last week for him or the week before one of the recent games he's played anyway but I thought he was fantastic in this game and a big part of why they they probably won I thought he, I mentioned I thought before that Hughes was probably the man of the match but rethinking it, it was, I think it was Katal. Okay. Yeah. No. Had that's a nice fair. try. Um, uh, he had an assist as well. Continually a threat, ball in hand, offloading, and fence wise. Sarko with two, and then I had Cody or Ryan Hughes for one. I'd probably go to Hughes just I think, they won. I think you've got to give it to Hughes, but Cody unlucky to. They were the four I had, uh, mm-hmm. and I was guess just gonna see what mood you're in. But I think you're right. If Hughes, <laughs> Hughes, Hughes was the one that executed, so you give him the point. Uh, Storm have the Cowboys coming up uh, after the bye, then the Sharks, which will be Sands. Uh, then the Sharks, and they won't have their Origin players for the Tigers. Then they'll have the Seagulls on the back of Origin. So they'll get through enough there. You, Meany, and um, you should see who plugs into where, we actually, because we know you take that spine. They'll have Hughes, but you take Munster and Grant out. We know that's a drop-off, so... I imagine Meany probably moves to six. to six, and we see where. Um, geez, I'd love Pappenhausen to. Uh, who was the young fella that played in the trials? He, yeah, I know. You talk, uh, unless they he stick with, the... unless they bring Pezzet back in, but um, I know who you're talking about, and I can't think the um, Kiwi. He carved it up, played two games. Yeah, um, Polynesian young yeah. Polynesian fella. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, know, I know you're talking about his lightning. Um, I can't think of his name. Yeah. Because he was um he wasn't in the official thirty, but he was on a development contract. Oh, so he, he, can, due, he can play now. He'd be due for a game now, and then um I don't know what they do with maybe garlic, shown some glimpses might go in there. Um, do they have a backup hooker? Don't. Know. Not that I can think of. Probably, uh, I assume it's garlic. Anyway, we'll find out. <laughs> we will. Sunday. We'll uh, probably go and check the team list and find out right now. That'll that'll give us away. <laughs> like, get out of here, David, with your common sense. Uh, we'll get to that in a preview show because first of yeah, all, we absolutely. have to talk about the Titans finding a way to lose twenty to eighteen oh, to the Bulldogs. They can I'll tell uh, you why they did because I changed my tip like two you? minutes to go before <laughs> before kick off. I declared the dogs the winners last week, and then I went and changed it fucking two minutes to go to the Titans. Because I was having an absolute horrible weekend on the tip again, uh, which is a consistent theme of my fucking tipping this well, year. Well, that's like um, I, I honestly would have tipped anyone in the comp against the Roosters on Friday night, except for the and Dragons. But I should have. Anyway, uh, we're probably and not this game, one I really wanted to change was the Raiders to <laughs> from the Raiders to Manly and leave the dogs, and I went the other way around and fucked them both up. So. Well done, David. That's well why done, I'm now mate. ahead of you. <laughs> Four tries to three, two out of four conversions for the Dogs, two out of three for the Titans. One out of one penalty attempt for the Titans. A missed two-point field goal attempt for the Titans. 85% completion played 84%. 
106 plus running meters for the and six 104 post contact meters for the Titans. So they won the middle of the field for part of the game. <laughs> Two line breaks to four. 29 tackle bus played 43 for the Titans. Nine offloads to 19. Two force dropouts to three. 350 tackles played 316. Five errors to nine. Eight penalties conceded to six. A ruck infringement against both sides. David Fafita with another fantastic performance on 116 supercoach points. Tino with 108. Maddie Burton with 96. Jeez, well, Titans. Find new ways. They own this game for forty minutes. It's like this. They they're the they're the uh, they're, <laughs> they're the Tigers of last year. Like, what's it now? Five games this year. We go. How did they actually lose? They were dominating the ball. Yeah. For the first half of this match, all over them. Every time the ball anywhere went anywhere near for feeder, you're expecting points. Anytime Tino got his head through the line, you're expecting second phase play and something to happen out on the other side of the field. Come out after halftime, they just seemed like they did not give a fuck about <laughs> playing the next 40 minutes of this game. I don't get it. I don't understand how it happens when you were they were dead set. I think they just thought that we'll cruise and we'll win by 40. We'll just score points wherever and do whatever we want. It's interesting their backline because we like we've talked for years now about how um, how there's concerns in their on their edge defence on their their structure their structure of their edge yeah, defence, but a lot of that's just application. I'm starting to think because looks, looks, um, looks like the two like you, how can you sit and watch two Burton bombs just hit the ground? One didn't hit mm-hmm. the ground. One went straight into Avrilo's arms. But you just they just sat back and watched two that should have been diffused by someone. Uh, they should never. This should never have been a contest. Two like two two tries off those bombs, um, put them back in the game, and then even the the match winning try. Everyone just stood around and goes, "Oh, someone else will tackle." Oh, yeah. oh, fuck! Whoops! No, they didn't. That was it. That was the game. Like what? Yeah. I, I, what do you say about it? Was it was just fourteen nil after what? Twenty five minutes or something. Yeah. Feeder barges over. Tino fucking throws a beautiful offload for um. Stimson. The, the back row would have scored. And it just didn't look like there was anything going on. Um, obviously, you mentioned there was a couple of bomb and hope moments from the, the dogs that landed uh, landed the way that they did the best possible way that they could for the Bulldogs. But um, the try for Fox was probably the highlight of the match, I thought, apart from maybe Tino's offload for the try for Stimson. Um, the inside-outside play and then put the Fox away down the sideline. That was um, that was a really nice piece of play. The Titans just do not seem to be able to handle pressure at all. No. I'd be taking the captaincy off Tino, to be honest. I know he, week in, week out, he's close to their best player on the field, but fuck, he can blow a fuse and do stupid shit and give away penalties. And, you know, he just seems to lose his cool when he, he does yeah. boil over and, I think someone, it's foreign, really. I think you need a cool head and someone like foreign to take the reins and try to tell these folks where they have to be and what they should do and you know, pull your head out of your ass and all the rest of that. Um, basically, you're not going to do what I tell you. Get get off the fucking field and go sit on the bench for a yeah. bit. But, um, because they really bubble over and lose control in the middle of the field and then it just spreads like wildfire through the defence at times. Fucking disgusting. <laughs> they defended as well as the Cowboys and the Roosters at different times in this game. And 
probably lucky they're playing the Dogs because most other teams probably would have blown them away. Yeah. It's... And especially, uh, I don't know. It's bizarre because they can look so crisp as well. Like they they've got four that four and for feeder combination is is flying. It just they tend to either sometimes not sometimes, but the back end of games they go away from it. That they look so, like they come out flying for twenty minutes. Everyone, it's like everyone's got their head screwed on. We know what we're doing. We're doing our job. And every week they come out. They come out and lead twelve or eighteen every week, and then they go, oh, "Fuck now! What? How do we? What do we do now?" I think part of that, I, yeah, honestly think they need to go back to someone like Foran who can convey a message to the rest of the team. Because Tino does really get caught up with personal battles and starts, you know, tit for tat shit. And you, you see it every week, every time there's a blow up, he's the first bloke in there wanting to fight everyone. And I yeah, think they probably yeah. just need a bit of a cool head as captain and someone who can get that message across to the team. Um, but still, they've got more problems than the captain. <laughs> <laughs> but they've got three of the form, comp, form forwards in the comp in, in this thing. Yeah, like absolutely. Tino is but they started getting beaten playing. up in the middle of the field as well. Once yeah, the dogs started putting pressure on, they started just getting like they were getting stormed over at different points in the middle of the field. The back end of this game. I I will say that um, my man mode. I I think of those forwards, he goes hardest for longest. I think yeah, that even probably. in the dying minutes, he's still having a crack, um, which is why he probably punches out 30 metres in the other two generally. Um, and obviously, you know, stay, uh, being in the middle helps. But um, I just wanted to wrap him quickly because there's not too many others I want to wrap. Um, Campbell had some nice enough touches, goes missing times, touches the ball too much at times. But he's young, um, so I don't really know how to, you know, not necessarily knock on him, it's just an observation. I think Chris Randall does a, a fair enough job. Uh, I think yeah, he's um, got, uh, what did you hear? But generally he gets through a lot of defensive work. His service is quite good uh, uh, and has not, I don't think they've missed really missed a trick with him being there. So uh, no knock on that. Uh, I just, uh, as I said, I think this comes back to execution and application really with the Titans. That's all I can put it back to. For the Bulldogs, uh Ultimately, if it wasn't Matt Burton, there was nothing happening for most of this game. Mm. Uh, I, th- I, I think the uh, move to sevens worked. Uh, I know two of them were just hit, kicking hopes, but they came off. But the, as you said, the other play, with him and Perham and whoever else was involved, was lovely. Um, but just him having to ball more, uh, he'll learn a bit more when to run and, and take the line on, which he did quite well um, here actually in a couple of times. Um, but I think that's working, so I think that's that's good. And uh, but it, it, when you're up against those three forwards I mentioned from Titans, Tavita Pangai did have one of the games of his life. He was outstanding, yeah, matching the physicality, uh, putting out output here in a team that hasn't had a middle for what six weeks. So um, you've got to give him credit for that. Yeah, no, absolutely, you do. Um, I thought Sammy and Kelly were probably the best of the backs from Titans. Throw Campbell in there, can he? Can serviceable job as he does, but um, he was probably a big part of the blokes that were standing there watching these bombs hit the ground because well, he didn't seem to be interested in getting underneath them, um, which was interesting. Boyd and Stimson were decent. Mo and Tino, as you mentioned, they were they were great. Um, David Fafita was brilliant again and probably the best player on the field. He's, um, he's really grown into his uh, into his the hype that was around him previous years. King and um, Kiraz were Good for the dogs. Chuck Fox in there. He's, he's generally always good. 
Burton and Preston were, were two of the other standouts for the Bulldogs. Um, Preston is really impressing week after week. Just doesn't stop. <laughs> just uh, just continues to defend, and it's not a bad back uh, an edge runner. I probably wouldn't mind to see a pass in before the line, or you know, just produce another attacking threat for him on that side yeah. rather than just he, his running he game. He a little bit has a feel develop. that he's eventually getting up in the middle, doesn't he? Yeah, it looks for that way. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, again, just yeah. an observation. If you could, could develop a short pass, um, even that extra. He'd add that extra bow to his arsenal. Yeah, um, yeah Tavita Pangai was one of their best players as well. It's fantastic. But I had Fafita as man of the match. I thought he was brilliant. And could throw up between Tino and TPJ, uh, Tavita Pangai for the two. And the other one, I think, gets the one. And honourable mention to Burton. Um, I know he was really the only reason that they scored points, but I think... Yeah, as I said, a couple of those were more through the Titans not getting involved than him. Yeah, they're, they're great kicks, but if, even if they get in underneath it and knock it on, or yeah, all bounces a different way. Yeah, you, you actually even, to your goals. point, even if they knock it on, you probably wouldn't back them to score for a set play, would you? No, that's right. Um, so fair enough. Uh, okay, so where are we starting? Three for Fafita. Yep. Two for give it probably to TPJ. Yeah, give it to TPJ because. Because um, ultimately they won, and uh, an honourable mention to Mo. He's uh, he's been left out of everything this week. Uh, yeah, your thoughts? No, he just doesn't blow things over no. like the other two guys. No, no, for, yeah. For some reason. Your thoughts on um, the young five eight? Oluapu. Yeah, he's, he's sort of faded out, doesn't he? Doesn't really seem to be getting trying to put his stamp on the game. He's just more catch and pass at the moment. Just a little bit. Disappointing to see because the first two or three games, his, his running game was quite attractive and he was drawing in defenders, but doesn't seem to be running the ball anywhere near as much as he was for his first, first game or two. No. Put on a big, um, big, cleaned up four and at one point. Yeah, he absolutely smoked um, four. <laughs> and he's just that size as well. Like, if he's not going to run, I don't know what he's. Because if he's only 18, oh, he's 19, got, he's going to end he's up... He's got plenty about him, and he's going to have a yeah. pretty solid career, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm not, not, not suggesting he won't. It just... He just seems to be sitting back and watching a little bit at the moment. And it's game three. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's up to someone else to drag him into the game. Yeah, possibly. Reed or someone else. Anyway, we'll see how that progresses. Uh, you said you saw this one coming. I didn't necessarily, but... Uh, Two legs, uh, two legs, Tommy, and it was a different world for the Seagulls. Forty-two to fourteen over the Raiders. Also, with just the Raiders being up for so long, like mm. this comp is just so hard to consistently be winning week in, week out, and it just has to come a time where fatigue sets in. Um, Manly have been, let's face it, they've been disappointing for the majority of the season. They've realistically only played two or three good games uh, during the year, and. I just thought it was one of those games where the effort and the enthusiasm would probably come through mainly. I just didn't end up tipping them. <laughs> I did put money on them, uh, which was handy. But, um, yeah, it's, you had two tries for the Raiders, eight manly. Two out of two conversions played five out of eight for Sea Eagles. 66% completion played 68%. 199 plus running metres for manly, six line breaks to eight. 31 tackle bus played 45, 16 offloads to nine, two force dropouts to one, a 40-20 from Manly, lovely 40-22. He's just the king of the 40-20, isn't he? <laughs> he just does it all the time. 
289 tackles played, 270, 12 errors, 13, eight penalties conceded to five, two ruck infringements against Manly and Ascendian from both sides. Uh, Two-leg Tommy with 165 points, 108 points for Garrick, Schuster with 106, Whitehead with 103. It was interesting. I think it was either Tommy's first or second touch, and he looked twice as quick as he has all year. And I was like, oh, here we go. It just I felt like last week. I just saw that he was moving yeah. a hell of a lot better when he played the Sharks. And it's almost it's, like he was said, um, from the first touch. It's almost like it's a conscious effort to be, you know, fit for origin. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Which, fine, fair enough. But, geez, he was explosive here. This was the best of mm-hmm. him. Uh before we get to that, though, I just want to – we'll start at the start. Uh, I thought Paseca – Paseca happens, has a breakout game what, once every eight weeks. It's like he has this big breakout game where he just demolishes a team and then disappears. But this was one of them, uh, and I think that laid the platform against this Canberra pack, as you said, that may maybe was fatigued. Uh, but Canberra just never got back into this after that. They just um, – once those first shots were fired, it felt like it was a – all one-way traffic. Yeah, well, it was about eight or ten minutes in, and Canberra looked like they were flying. They, they yeah. had all the momentum. They were up on top. Um, lovely little short ball. White, Whitehead just strolls over under the post. I don't think they got a hand on him. But um, as soon as that momentum shifted and the field position started going manly's way, it just looked completely different. Yep. Tell us more. All right, tell us more. <laughs> <That'll> <laughs> um, to you. Came off the back of um, CCE's forty twenty. Really, that's when the momentum massively shifted towards Manly's way. But it was a, a conscious effort, I think, from Manly to really target the outside backs of Canberra. Um, I don't think they've been under that much pressure for the majority of the year, especially the last six weeks or so, when they've been um, able to get over the top of their opposition. But they made them make decisions in defence. They they were running two and three different angles. There was lovely touches from Schuster. I know he was the bloke who stood there and watched Whitehead go past, but some of those look, as you mentioned with Appy, look, look and shape out the back and just really soft hands and a soft pass onto the chest for blokes to just stroll over um, as they get slapped on the back by the opposition <laughs> to score tries. Um, yeah, Garrick Saab and Tommy were really combining well at different points. That try from Saab where he just appeared from off the side of the screen going and smoking <laughs> twice as quick as anybody else on the field, caught up to Tommy and Garrick and just blew past them. That yeah. was like fantastic. I know he's gotten bigger when he was with his injury and put a lot of muscle on. He hasn't lost any pace, I can tell you that. He was flying down that right-hand side of the field. Um, yeah, they really panicked the outside edges of Canberra. That's where it came down to it. Every time Tommy was – after he went through for that first try, as you mentioned, and just, like, collided across the field, you could see that the, the alarm bells went off in the outside backs of Canberra. Yeah. Every time he was anywhere near the ball. That led to a lot of what Schuster was able to do, to be honest, because he'd look and shake the pass to Tommy, and the outside defenders would either shoot off the line or stop and wonder what the hell's going on, and then a big back rower just barges over the top of somebody with a short ball from Schuster, or he'd hit Tommy and then – all sorts of chaos ensued after that. Outside, those outside backs, they'll be having nightmares because there was a couple of times where they didn't get hands on people that just strolled past them. Um, it's a, I think that's the game plan to now for pretty much anyone that plays Gamba. Yeah. Match the middle. You don't have to dominate the middle because that probably is their strongest part of their game. 
um, and make a conscious effort, second, third, fourth tackle to really pressure their outside backs and make them make decisions with um, angled runners and inside men and basically the best ways you can set up your attack <laughs> in any type of football for any team, really. But, yeah, make them have multiple looks at different attacking shapes and they can make decisions. Um, Tomoko got caught out a couple of times in defence. Croker got caught out a couple of times in defence where they were just standing flat-footed with players running at them. And it became very easy from handling towards the back end of this game. Mm. And, and you're, I'm just looking back now over the draw, but you're right. Like you look When you actually look back, uh, Penrith put 50 on Canberra. Dolphins put 30 on. The, the Bulldogs put 30 on. Uh, and they won a couple of these, but and then forty-two from them. Yeah, there are cracks, aren't there? In those outside backs. Um, Elliot Whitehead's best game of the year, probably. Yeah, I would absolutely. suggest. Uh, He's missing for six side. weeks. And uh, I know we, we've wrapped. Uh, we've been wrapping Chris, but he looked a bit lost here. I think DCE was um, pulling, and uh, well, all both of them, were, all three were. They didn't work so hard. With yeah. <laughs> he yes. just made sure that when he kicked, he was kicking as far away from him as possible and just making him track back constantly all night. Um, yeah, no, nobody in this camp team was flattered realistically apart no. from probably Whitehead. And uh, young Mariota, nice little try. Looks like something they can build with. Big, solid guy. And that surprisingly quick for a back row. So. Uh, and I guess, yeah, you know, the bloke will wrap just after Burbo went down early. Ethan Bullimore did a pretty good job. Fantastic. Uh, he was physical again, uh, hit some good lines and was um, was involved a lot of the game So and uh, made 30-odd tackles. I think he led the tackle count. 30-odd tackles as well. I even I had an analogy. Oh, no. Christ. Tell us. <laughs> I was just around those outside backs of the Raiders. Like, they... Down both sides of the field, they looked downright petrified when they had the likes of Tommy and Garrick and that running at them. And they just kept backing up, backing up. And then by the end of it, like a scared little puppy, they just rolled over and showed their belly and wanted belly rubs too because <laughs> they were too scared to continue to fight. <laughs> they just rolled over and exposed the stomach. They got cut to pieces <laughs> out there. It was, I haven't seen anything like it recently, to be honest. Like the way that Turbo was basically doing whatever the hell he wanted. <laughs> And then you had Saab and Garrick chiming in with it. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was very impressive. Um, and I guess, well, as you said, they were flattered by they were flattered by uh, by Canberra. But um, and and we, I'd love to see what Schuster produces under pressure or in a, in close oh, yeah, games. But um, we'll but see. For a bloke who's been you know, <laughs> battered pillar to post about his weight and his effort and whatever for the last. Probably close to a year, realistically, because he copped a bit of that at the back end of last year as well. Yeah. When he was playing there. So, really good to see such a, a dominant performance. It just shows you the skill you've got as a playmaker. It's ball playing. Absolutely. Uh, so, we tra- you treat Manly as wild cards or you treat them as... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You just well, go- I always thought that they were definitely a top 18. And they started this year as, you know, average. So... Um, they're another team. Very, they're very similar to Parramatta, except they probably started a little bit better. They've got a few more points under their belt. So um, <coughs> they're now, I'd say them and Parramatta are probably the guys that realistically 
are going to be fighting tooth and nail for that eighth position and be a chance of maybe knocking somebody out of the final series. Whereas there's a few of those other teams that I think if they do end up in that seven or eighth position, probably just go out straight sets. And how they, what they don't want to do is drop five over Origin without Tommy and DC. Yeah, DC, would just uh, be a big question mark for them. They've, they've got the Knights, they've got the Dolphins, the Eels, the Storm, and the Roosters in that not time. So not too bad. But, it, 50, 50, but you know, we know how they go without the two big guns. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Ray, I dare they, say they'll be trying to get those guys to back up. Too. I think so. Well, Daly will put on his dinner suit. He'll be fine. It'll just be um, how much they need to nurse Tommy. He'll want to, as he always has, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, and no Jake in that time either. Canberra. Yeah, no, that's a big one. Uh, Canberra have the bye. They then hit the Tigers, which uh, is a very interesting game uh, for all the reasons. Probably the worst time for him to get started. I was going to say, everything you've said about their defence is probably not what they want to copy. Uh, mm-hmm. Warriors, Roosters, Titans, Dragons through that time. So some interesting games. Um, but a pretty cosy draw, really, for the rest of the year, just looking through that. Um, not a lot of top, f- apart from, I don't think they play another top four team. They play the Sharks and the Broncos the last two rounds. So that's... It'd be interesting how hard they have to fight to get back into that winning position. Yeah, point. yeah. Um, like, they had their run. It's seemingly, it's come to a complete halt at the moment. They've got the bye, and yeah, it's that Tigers game will mean a lot to their season coming back in into that. Um, mm. If they can get a win there and then jag another one in the next couple of weeks, they, they look pretty safe for the eight, but they drop, you know, three of their next four. Yeah. There's um there's some problems. It's um the light is so tight. I cannot remember having a competition this this close. Like you got five or six teams tied on twelve or fourteen points. You've got the bottom four are only two wins away from being somewhere around the Top eight, like it's just. Oh, I think. Well, here the top, the top five teams are all on sixteen points. Yeah. Uh, and then the Dolphins, Warriors, Raiders are fourteen. Uh, Seagulls thirteen. And as you said, like the the Tigers and Dragons, if if the Tigers beat Canberra, and uh, have got the bye, beat Canberra, all of a sudden they're on twelve points, out of nowhere. So. What two, a what a, what a two or three wins. Like you string three games together, you can go from last to win around eight. Oh, I know. Exciting for those teams that may be capable of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> um, three to turbo. Where you want to go next? You're saying Schuster's flat, and even the two. No, I gave him the two. Yep. And Prosecco really or DC. Nice touches of brilliance, and then I had um, Garrick or TC. Give it to DC. I had Prosecco DC, so we're crossing over. We'll continue that. Trend. Trend, yes. All right. If you've got a pot plan of the week, there's plenty around. Which team, <laughs> I think which player I gave would... like my um, salute last week, but getting my slap this week. <laughs> <laughs> it was Heel and Lukey for the Cowboys. Three runs in 50 minutes on the field. Like, are you a back roller or what? <laughs> what <the fuck laughs> are you like, three runs for 30 metres in 50 minutes. Um, did make 22 tackles, but he also missed eight tackles as well. And was a turnstile in a couple of those teams. So, uh, yeah, if I will give my pot plant to the bloke next to him just because I had to find someone. <laughs> uh, Val, potentially the pair of them there, Val and Lukey, may have been better off um, 
been replaced by a garden bed of sorts and, and would have stopped a couple of those tries. But uh, they um, they get our pot plants of the week, which uh, is the player that would probably have their job done by, as said, a pot plant. Have you got a slap? Garden ornaments. Yeah. <laughs> um, slapping Tommy Dearden. His Cowboys, they were woeful. Um, another one, he was quite good last week, but two errors, missed six tackles. Made, did make 17, but yeah, 10 runs for 100 metres was okay, but he's much better than what he put out there on the weekend. Granted, he didn't have a lot of opportunities, but he didn't create anything either. So the six missed tackles in the front lines, never acceptable, really. I'm going to slap Victor Radley. I just oh, think yes. uh, that was a dumb shit thing to do. And, uh, yeah, Kenny Bromwich, not far behind. So why the fuck did not do that? But obviously, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. match situation, everything else going on, that was just dumb. And Chuck Kafusi in there too. Kifusi. That was that looked premeditated to me. <laughs> that looked like he was trying to smack him in there. Yeah, there, man, there was some ill will in that game, as I, like as we said, mm-hmm. more than I expected. Uh, the thing we didn't touch on, what do you think of the Tino forearm? It's um, it's an interesting one because that bumper bar has always been sort of a pretty Hot content, uh, a hot talking point in and around the way the forwards run the run the ball. For mine, I didn't like how far away it was from his body. If he'd sort of tucked it in a bit closer to his chest and sort of went that way, uh, I think you can probably let it go. But for mine, I probably did deserve a week. Just the fact that it was so far away from the body and there was the striking motion away mm. from him when he did make contact. It's a hard one because they generally don't penalise the bloke running the ball anyway. No. Unless he, pretty much grabs a bloke by the back of the head and knees him in the face. They, yeah, they generally yeah, let yeah. things go. Yeah, they so, don't like the um, lifting knee, but not so much the... Yeah, the, far, the the thing that really sort of made me uncomfortable was how far away from his body he was, and there yep. was a striking motion in it. I I find it hard to, to always think that there's premeditation when you're in attack, but as you said, the distance away... Didn't look great, I don't think. The way he really leaned into it. Yeah. And he was looking at him as he ran over yeah, top yeah. of him as well. That so. didn't help. Uh, and to wrap up, we've got a salute of the week. Uh, another one who's copped a few uh, slippers from me over the year, but I've, I've got to salute Luke Brooks in his 200th game to produce that and to, to make all Tigers fans happy and to be have his name chanted. At least it's something he will never forget. So uh, a very... Enjoyable Saturday evening was produced by him and his friends there in black and gold. What yeah, most it? points ever from the West Tigers. Um, you have to stand up and applaud it. And Stafford Power out on the, out in the centres there. Absolute career best form. Probably his, uh, to date his best performance he's ever provided in first grade rugby league. Uh, what was it? Two tries, try assist, 230 running metres. 12 tackle busts, five line breaks. Like, talk about a fucking night out. Yeah. You got my salute. Talakai's breakout game was doing that to Morgan Harper. He did that to Val Holmes. Like, that's uh, (laughs) a fair effort. So, yeah, kudos to him. Uh, Very good, Barn. Thank you. And you. Check out rugbyleaguemerch.com. Check out uh, YouTube, Spotify. Leave us some feedback. Leave us some comments on the YouTube channel if you're watching it there. Tell us what we've uh, said wrong and right and what you think. And, uh, of course, send in your pot plants and salutes and slaps through social media. Footy and Frothy's on Facebook and uh, Twitter and Instagram. But uh, apart from that, we will be back very shortly to preview 
the abridged round 13. Take care, guys, and we will chat very soon.